0: The end goal, most business owners, you know, you go into business because you want to create something that's going to allow you this time and financial freedom. And so, with that, you have to learn how to create these great relationships with these people and really understand, seek to understand your people and not be so selfish in that selfish space of just always wanting to be understood.
1: Have you ever let stress get the better of you? Want to know how to maximize your productivity? My name is Tommy Bowie. Follow me as I deep dive into the minds of successful entrepreneurs and industry professionals on the tools, tips, and strategies they use to overcome stress and boost productivity in their daily lives, especially when the going gets tough and the stakes are high. This is the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast. My guest today has 20-plus years of experience consulting and providing leadership and strategy for corporate entities, public schools, colleges, and non-for-profits. She has a firm understanding of learning behaviors, technologies, and methodologies of best practices for learning on all skill levels, in person and online, especially with adults. She recognized the need to help small business owners maximize time efficiency and ensure employee productivity using engaging and interactive learning tools. Too often, our personal desire to be understood overpowers that to understand. So, she's taking charge to make sure businesses have the learning tools needed to allow employees to be heard so their performance can be optimized in the workplace. Today, I have with me Dr. Tonya Robertson. Dr. Robinson, welcome to the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast.
0: Thank you, Tommy. Thank you for having me. It's definitely a pleasure.
1: Dr. Robertson, I wanted to get you on the show today because I'm an avid believer in pushing ourselves to constantly learning new things, whether it be new skills for the workplace or just in life in general. So I wanted to dive deeper into this topic with you and discuss some of the best practices for small business owners to implement professional development for themselves and their staff. But before we do that, can you kind of give us a little bit of rundown on what it is that you do and uh, where you're from?
0: Absolutely. So I'm actually in the US and not too far from Washington, DC. And I am a learning and development strategist. And what I do, well, what my company does is create instructional learning tools for employees to ensure that the employee performance is optimized. So that's our sweet spot.
1: And when it comes to employee learning, do you believe that's, anything can be learned when it comes to personal development?
0: Yes, I definitely believe any and everything can be learned. However, my philosophy is always that not everyone learns everything in the same manner. And, you know, particularly with business owners, we have a lot going on in general. I mean, that's just the way that it is. We're navigating business, we're seeking additional streams of revenue, and oftentimes the employees are sometimes the last individuals that they receive the least amount of love, I should say, as it relates to their learning and development. And so many times it's cheaper and easier to just package up learning content in one way and just hand it to them as a one-size-fits-all you know, situation, just say, here, learn it. This is what we're offering you. Learn it, do the best you can, (laughs) you know, see you on the other side, get it done. So to answer your question, yes, that's what we do. And that's my philosophy around learning and development in the workplace.
1: Yeah. You mentioned that each person learns a different way. Yes. So what are some of the challenges or ways to approach teaching your employees? If you have a big number of staff? And, you know, you need something to, I guess, progress, but, you know, obviously understanding that everyone learns a different way.
0: Yes, so there are many ways, you know, particularly now since the world is virtual, many businesses, their hands have been forced to move quickly and adapt to the virtual space. So with that in mind, everyone is, you know, doing online courses, online training. And so just giving consideration to that I think just understanding that in that environment, we have to be extra cautious to acknowledge the areas that we would typically fall short of in an in-person environment. So really establishing community, but in a virtual setting. Really establishing that relationship. And I like to equate that to that of dating. Um, Really establishing that relationship with your employees, understand what they need, what their likes are, what their dislikes are, not only as it relates to their job roles, as it relates to learning. Some people, you know, they like to They just like that handout in their hands. They like to read it. Some people, you know, they prefer the video format of the content. So, just keeping all of that into consideration as you're creating material and making sure that you are adapting your material to meet modern day learning trends as far as micro learning is concerned. You know, we are in a microwave society, as you know, and so we like quick, fast, and in a hurry. And that's how, you know, many employees, they want to learn as it relates to their job task or those skills. They want them quick, fast, in a hurry, in micro-sized chunks, so that they can do what it is they need to do and be a success and keep it moving.
1: Mm -hmm. You mentioned online courses and the move to the, the virtual and digital environment. Now that there are a lot of tools out there to help managers or business owners develop online courses, I think there's an issue here where you can be a great operator, but you may not necessarily be the best teacher. So there's platforms there to kind of guide you in being a teacher. But do you see some online courses where they just need that extra support to kind of guide them on how to structure their courses and how to teach their employees?
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And not all courses are great courses. And, you know, just to name a few, some of the things that should be taken into consideration when designing online courses are, you know, typography is important. The visual design is important. You know, the rigor of the course, the length of the course. There's so many things that one should keep in mind when designing a course, just so that it appeals to the cognitive ability of the learner. So yes, and as far as those that are teaching or maybe facilitating online courses, you know, in that aspect, not every individual is meant to be a teacher as well. You know, we all have our strengths and weaknesses, but I feel like the focus should definitely be more on the employee, the learner, and finding out what their likes are before going into the training, before facilitating that online course. And that way you're able to just, you know, speak to their needs more, which is important. And those employees and the learners, they're the ones that are, you know, making the customers happier, driving home those outcomes. So that's where a lot of that emphasis should definitely be focused.
1: And I know that one of the greatest ways to kind of uh, teach an employee is have the mentor-mentee type of relationship where someone yes. comes in and they're shadowing someone to kind of see day to day how that person's interacting. Are we able to kind of still create that environment through a, a virtual or, or digital product?
0: I think so. Yes, definitely. I think the great thing about the platforms that uh, we have been afforded to use today um, and the different mechanisms, avenues by which we can communicate with folks, I think that yes, there is great opportunity, maybe different, but great opportunity to have a mentor and to just form a really strong relationship that will be successful in the workplace.
1: I love that you mentioned the word different there. Um, We know that current times, especially with COVID-19, has created a different environment for the business workplace. Are there other common themes when it comes to learning and development that you're seeing coming through that are different because of COVID-19?
0: I think that though not new, the virtual reality space will definitely be paired with that of workplace learning and development more in the coming months just because of the experience that it provides i think there's a lot for the employees the in learners for everyone to gain just from that experience that virtual reality presents and with the employees and learners being in that lifelike setting and being able to mimic real life situations there is great value to that you know specifically it feels like the medical field you know just to name one off top but um, there is great value in, in being able to learn and do and be in the space while all of this, you know, all of this is kind of happening at, at one time.
1: Yeah, you mentioned kind of just being in this space. You know, we, we understand that there's a lot of empty space at the moment. So we need to understand well <laughs> how can we best utilize this space, but then also ensure that our employees are being looked after as well. What are some of the ways? small businesses can implement systems or processes to help manage stress in the workplace?
0: That's a great question, Tommy. And that's one of the things with my organization and the team that we're being more cognizant about nowadays, because there's there's no beginning and ending point because people are in their homes, they wake up in their homes, they work in their homes. Everything that's happening now is in this space and there are no start and stop points. So with that, one of the things that we definitely encourage is exercise, you know, encouraging exercise, having exercise, virtual programs now or you know, best suited for what's going on. We do encourage getting more sleep, developing a sense of community is also important. So, you know, we check in on each other every day, you know, in addition to the standing team meetings, but the questions extend far beyond what task are we going to complete today, you know, it extends How's your family? Like, what other things? Because we really want to know what's going on with the family. How are they mentally? And how can we as an organization support the individual? And we definitely encourage unplugging. You know, we're connected to the computer. (laughs) When we wake up, we wake up to checking emails. We check emails all day long, respond to requests. So we encourage time off and unplugging. We encourage silent times, serene times, taking breaks. We encourage just considering the consideration behind overscheduling many Zoom meetings. You know, if it can be sent in an email, just think really hard before you schedule a Zoom meeting. If it's something that can be condensed and sent in a short, brief email, let's do it instead of scheduling meeting after meeting after meeting, because that definitely can take a toll on you and just be very fatiguing. And we also celebrate moments of joy. You know, we talk about that randomly throughout the week, just sharing happy moments, things that will make the other team members laugh or cute pictures of animals or kids or food, whatever, (laughs) just to uh, really grab hold of those happy, joyous moments. We have different competitions, you know, best dressed pet competitions, head wrap competitions, just different things to keep the employees plugged in and the team engaged to know that, yes, we need to complete these tasks and accomplish these goals, but also we're a family and we work really hard to try and establish a culture that really speaks to that.
1: Yeah. I love that you mentioned of cultivating a a family environment because we often forget that the workplace isn't just somewhere you go to work, but it's somewhere you go to network and you build a community and kind of share your stories of what's happening in your personal life as well because those are things that can bring you joy, but it can also affect your productivity in the workplace. And, you know, if your colleagues aren't asking the right questions and, you know, you're not getting the support there, then you're missing a key piece when it comes to actually just enjoying life or, you know, actually doing effective work.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Also, because we're talking about stress now, what are some of the ways that you manage stress yourself?
0: Great question. One of the things that I love, I've actually uh, just done recently, I've fallen in love with, I'm a eucalyptus freak. So everything for me is eucalyptus. It just enlivens my space and makes me feel so alive. So I have, it's actually a shower mist, but I Mm -hmm. don't use it for that purpose. I just spray it randomly. In my office, you know, when I feel like I need a pick-me-up, I occasionally will use the menthol eucalyptus crystals. I'll put them in, in a, it's like a little, you know, what the actual name is, a burner or... Um, An incense? The, the thing that, yes, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll put them in that. Also, breath work is extremely important to me. I love the fact that, you know, as I am becoming more seasoned in life, I'm more aware of when I am stressed and the things that trigger my stress points. So when I recognize that happening, I always stop. And, you know, I, I talk to myself a lot too, Tommy. <laughs> uh, I always stop and, you know, I ask myself, what is that thing, you know, that's making me feel uncomfortable in this moment? And once I identify that thing, then I'm able to address it, you know, whether that be breath work, in which I mentioned uh, prior that I'm very big on just taking a moment to just breathe and go to a quiet space and then come back. I also take short breaks. I usually work for about 30, 40 minutes and take a quick stretch or walk or breath the fresh air, get a glass of water to take my mind off of what I'm doing and then come back and go at it again. So I work in segmented time frames throughout the day.
1: Yeah, I love it. You know, at the Stressless Entrepreneur, one of the common themes that are coming through when it comes to stress management is just being more self-aware of your, yes. your thoughts. Yes. Because once we understand that initial reaction of, of why we're feeling a certain way, we can easily manage the reality that comes after that. So it's great to see that you're incorporating, I guess, breath work in, on top of the self-awareness because um, that's a, a great strategy to reduce stress.
0: Yes. And I also like to add, Tommy, is that one of the things that I find very useful, as well as being intentional about how I end my day. So if I, you know, just kind of end my day in a frenzy, you know, in the office working, finish up an email and then, you know, run to bed, hop in the bed, then... Typically, my days don't begin well. I'll wake up the same way that my day ended, wake up with something on my mind like, oh my goodness, I need to do this, this, this today in a frantic. So I definitely am more intentional about how I end my day and I'm planning the next day is also very important so that when I wake up, I'm already coming to an organized office that I've cleaned up prior to me leaving. And, you know, I have my list of things that I'm going to get done for the day. So there's no overwhelm. If I don't get to everything, it's fine. But, you know, I have my top threes that are definitely important. Start on those. And I'm able to just really navigate and manage the day a lot better.
1: Talking about being intentional with your day, we know that there is a certain movement at the moment of the Black Lives Matter movement where it's restricting people of color in terms of how they can be intentional with their day. Has that affected your business in any way or your approach to your day?
0: So I would definitely say that it has added to the layers of stress that one, such as a business owner, not only in my role as a business owner, as a mom of you know, an African-American son, as a mom of Uh, an African-American daughter. So in all of these roles that I play, it it has added to the stress. So I do have to be more mindful of things that trigger me because content relating to Black Lives Matter or the situations involving what's happening with the African-American males and Black females. So there are more triggers that... Increase my levels of stress. So, yes, to answer your question, there's definitely more awareness, I would say, that I can pinpoint as it relates to that on top of just living and being every day. So, again, incorporating these things has been an all time high for me, um, in which, you know, recently I've just started doing the last thing that I just suggested to you about intentionally ending my day because there was such high levels of stressors and triggers that occur throughout the day. I'm incorporating, you know, massage therapy more often, I'm meditating as well, just to try to clear my head so that as I'm thinking and as I'm dealing with others that I'm not doing such with a filtered lens
1: yeah i love that you're going back to that self-awareness and, and, and understanding that there's there's pockets of greatness and pockets of negativity and we often see the pockets of negativity forefront in terms of the news and, and whatnot but we forget this that, that there's so much happening when it comes to the, the entire world just kind of understanding that there's there needs to be a paradigm shift that needs to happen and it's great to see that you're, we're talking about that now and creating some awareness there thank you In terms of challenges in in business as well, is there a key challenge that you're trying to overcome at this point in time?
0: Maybe not a key challenge, but just really advocating for the employees. And that's more so because just growing up, there were times when I felt that I personally did not have a voice and... It was more so because that's what was modeled before me. I mean, my grandparents raised me. They loved me very much, and they worked very hard to make sure that their grandkids had what they need. But, you know, at the same time, love was pretty much just something that was understood. There were no hugs. There were no expressions of I love you. No physical anything. So that individual, me, grew to be a teenager that teenager grew to be an adult all the while carrying that not knowing how to express myself and not knowing how to just really advocate for myself in the world of work you know there are times when i had really great ideas and i sometimes was fearful to to talk about them or maybe didn't know how to properly convey that information. And so it didn't make me a bad person that I knew, but on the flip side of the employer, maybe they probably had questions about my ability to perform. And so in my advocacy, I put some of that responsibility on the employer to really get to know your people and understand who you have in your businesses, working for you, making your customers happy, just really understand that there's more to them than just that worker B that you have. And there's greatness in everyone, and particularly in the learning and development area. And so just because person A learns this way, person B may not learn the same way. It does not mean that Either of them are bad people. They're both trying to achieve the same results, but just some considerations around the types of baggage that people are bringing in. And really, as I like to refer back to it as dating your employees in an appropriate way, but finding out what their needs are and creating learning tactics and methods and mechanisms by which they are able to really utilize to charge in on that end result of productivity.
1: Yeah. And that analogy of, you know, using them and kind of understanding that it's like you need to go on a date with them because it's not just about them filling in a task or a business gap for your business. It's more about, well, what can I do for them that can help them progress in their career and progress in their personal development, but then also fill in my business gap? Because if I can do that, then my business will be a lot more successful than just getting them to come in, be a robot and just, you know, do A, B, C.
0: Absolutely. You really hit the nail on the head there because the end goal, most business owners, you know, you go into business because you want to create something that's going to allow you this time and financial freedom. And so with that, you have to learn how to create these great relationships with these people and really understand, seek to understand your people and not be so selfish in that selfish space of just always wanting to be understood. And so that's part of creating a system of people and processes by which you're able to you know, take off for a week or two or however long and know that your people are still going to run your business in a manner that you would if you were away because you've established a culture. And you've set the tone that you care about more than just them being in a physical space um, completing the task. So those types of things are usually reciprocated once you set that tone and really show your people that you care about what it is that they are doing at work outside of work and with that that collectively it really drives productivity which of course makes your customers happy and then for you the business owner that increases your revenue and everyone is happy at the conclusion of the day
1: Mm -hmm. you mentioned a culture of us wanting things quick fast in a hurry do you get concerns from business owners who say look if I put in the time and investment of, of growing this person, but then, you know, they end up leaving me for something better. And it's, so it stops them from, I guess, putting in that investment. Do you have any a message for those owners that fear just spending all that time and energy and not getting that return on investment?
0: I'd like to think of it just with anything else, you know, with with learning and development, it's not something that happens overnight. You You plant the seed and you watch it grow. You know, there are times when individuals will definitely find something better and they may go with another company. However, I think the bigger lesson in that for you as a business owner or employer is to, you know, ask those probing questions during the exit interview because you want to find out why. Why are they leaving? Did they find great benefits somewhere else? Was there some things that they weren't completely satisfied with where they currently are. There's just so many, a variety of questions that I feel that could be asked during that exit interview with that person that you can take back to your organization so that you won't consistently have that problem with those employees leaving. So I'm not gonna say it won't happen, but if it does happen, you really wanna do a deep dive and find out the lessons in that. How can you take that information and utilize it to ensure that your, um, your company is able to grow? I mean, and sometimes just understand it's okay. You know, not everyone is meant to be and stay in your space and it is okay, you know, sometimes when individuals, they need to walk away to another opportunity.
1: Yeah, and when it comes to a specific employee's role, there's only so much learning you can do for that specific role before that employee kind of outgrows um, what's needed for the business as well. So if you understand that, I guess it makes it a bit easier to kind of let the employee go because there's a requirement for a, a tasking that needs to be done. And, you know, if they do the learning and development and you don't have a plan in place in terms of succession plan or extra personal development for that specific role, then it's only a matter of time before they decide to go somewhere else.
0: Yes, that's a great point you make. And I think that's a consideration of the business owner as well. Are you establishing levels for your employees to grow to? You know, if they've hit the ceiling, as you mentioned, where else are they going to go, you know, but out the door? So all of those are considerations and hopefully that feedback will be received during that exit interview. And that will be rich information that that uh, business owner can take and consider for future.
1: Coming back to you now, In the next 12 to 24 months, where do you see yourself going? What's the ultimate vision for Dr. Robinson?
0: Yes. So for Dr. Robertson, over the next 12 to 24 months, I'm really going to hit the ground hard as it relates to employee advocacy and just providing literature, books, and doing speaking engagements as far in that learning and development space, but again, advocating for the voice of the employee. So that's that's my goal over the next 24 months. And you know, the whole landscape of learning and development has changed. So, you know, I'm looking to to just really have an impact as far as the new format of as I like to call it of employee voice. Like all of that has changed. So, um, the dynamics, it's not so much the in-person workspace anymore. It's the virtual voices of employees is what I'll really be advocating for over the next months to come.
1: And for our entrepreneurs who are looking to increase their business productivity, uh, both for themselves and the employees, and understand how they can introduce learning tools to better utilize their employees, where can they find yourself or your business?
0: Absolutely. Sure. I'm on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Focused Training Solutions. Again, that's Focused Training Solutions. LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And also you can visit me on my website, Focus Training Solutions as well. And we have a private Facebook group where we discuss really great information and provide tools and resources around learning and development in the workplace. And that private Facebook group is called the Workplace Optimizer. So join us there. Join us on our general page on Facebook, Instagram. We'll be happy to have you.
1: Fantastic. And I'll make sure to have all those details in the show notes below as well. Dr. Robertson, thank you for joining me today on the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast. Thank you for sharing your story and I wish you massive success in the future.
0: Thank you as well, Tommy. It was a pleasure.
1: There you have it, guys. Thank you for tuning into the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast with me, your host, Tommy Bowie. If you like what you've heard today, please make sure you subscribe to our show and share this podcast with your friends. Leave us a review so that we can take on your comments grow with you as a channel and keep providing you quality, stress-free content. If you have a story to tell or just want to say hi, drop me an email on tommy at I'll catch you all on the next episode.